Never trust a woman who loves a sandwich. This is LesCast. I am your host, Amanda Costner. We are recapping season one, episode four of A League of Their Own. And I am just so excited about today's guest host. We are in for a real treat. Uh, make sure you are subscribed to LesCast, by the way, wherever you listen. You aren't going to want to miss our episode five recap. We are going to have the return of my wife, Rose. Nika, and me. Uh, that was a lot of fun. A lot of people liked it when we did that last time. So that will be what is upcoming for episode five. But first, today, we have someone who is an actual badass baseball player. She was a member of the Australian Emeralds women's baseball team from 2004 to 2014. You can listen to her on Inside Pitch, her podcast where she interviews current and past baseball players. She medaled twice in six World Cup appearances and was awarded Baseball Australia Player of the Year in 2006. Please, let's give more than a temperate Kenosha welcome to Amy McCann. Hey, g'day, how are you going? <laughs> oh, so great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for, first of all, thanks for doing the podcast. So thanks for just starting the podcast. It is amazing. The show's amazing. Podcast's amazing. Love it. So. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Amy, I have so many questions for you. I, honestly, I don't know that many women who play baseball. So I, I gotta be honest, I, I'm ready to jump right in. Uh, when we first became acquainted, you told me that baseball was pretty much your life. Can you describe what baseball means to you and how it's become such a big part of your life? I think it, it, it is. It's such a, it's such a thing. You just go, yeah, baseball's everything. It literally is. Like it actually, you, you don't want it to define you, but it actually shaped my entire life um, in that I, I remember watching the 1992 movie and just went, what is this? You've got 30 women dirty women on a field just running around I'm just like I need to do that I need to be that and it's like back in the 90s playing sport as a woman was hard playing as a kid was hard and it was like I chased trying to find a baseball club and and things like that and ended up yeah ended up playing and then um a few years later it was like there was women's leagues in Australia and I'm like what is this and then there was actually in front of me real life there was women running around everywhere and it was like I just found my home I'd found my team as we we know the league of their own is and it's like now my wife um my partner of, of 20 years it's like we still coach we still play um as you said I do my bod my podcast it's like it is it is everything absolutely everything wow that is crazy so you said that uh, the movie partly inspired you to to pursue a career in baseball yeah, did. look, when I was at school, everyone in Australia, like we play cricket, like you, you play sport and you sort of play your school sports and you have to play softball, volleyball and netball. And I never really took to softball, but I just liked hitting things. I just loved doing anything where I got to hit and throw. And then, yeah, I saw the movie and I went with a whole bunch of my girlfriends. We, we were watching it and I, think we're, I was in like high school at the time, like junior high kind of age. And I remember watching it and all my school friends, were they were all sitting there. I think we were like 12 or 12. And they were all giggling and talking to other people. And the whole movie, I was just sitting there going, shut up. I want to watch this. I want to watch this. And they were like, just, it was, it was, it was, you know, it was like a whole bunch of girls, those boys, the whole cinema was like just kids. It was school holidays. I was just like, oh, yeah, I had to watch it. And I was like, I didn't even know 
I didn't know about the League of Their Own. I didn't know about the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League until I saw that. And I just got home and said to my dad, I want to play. I've got to play this sport. And then he, he ended up wearing, uh, recording a baseball game, which is the Braves, which is why I'm a Braves fan. Hey, hey, uh, I didn't tell you this yet, Amy. I grew up in Alabama, and when I was five years oh. old, my first baseball game I ever saw was the Atlanta Braves. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm a terrible fan. I have to say I got, I've gotten a little bit busy in my age, but yeah, fellow Braves fan there. So yeah, no, I love them. I'm a little obsessed. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, it basically, yeah, it was like my, my dad, I just said to my dad, I want to play. And my dad, he just rang up like club after club after club that kept saying, no, no. And all kept trying to push me into softball. And he's like, no, nah, she wants, she's a girl. She wants to play baseball. And she finally found a club and, I went from there, but it was, yeah, it was the movie. It was just, yeah, just absolutely. Like, I think like so many women back then just, yeah, we all just went, we need to be that. We need to do that. Yeah, I, I totally relate. Um, I felt that way too. I've always been an athlete and, um, you know, you brought this up a few times. I played softball and, you know, in America, I kind of did a little digging and there's a lot of different reasons like softball became sort of the go-to sport for women. And I guess also, I feel like at least in America, just anyone over like 40 or something, um, you know, my dad played softball when he got older. Um, so I don't really totally understand why, but, but I, I did find a quote, a very interesting quote from a, um, women's baseball advocate named Sue, uh, Lukasik. And, uh, her quote says the two are not the same. Baseball has leadoffs, pickoffs, stealing box. If you ask every woman, baseball player will say, no, they are not the same. Uh, can you speak to this, Amy? Do you have any ex experience with softball? You just never tried it. You were like, not for me. Not to a level where anything outside of like primary school, which is um, I think prep school or how whatever you call it, um, we just played it, and it's they are not the same. They are very at the top level. There is nothing soft about it, and it's not a case of I don't like softball. I play baseball. It's the same as why do you play basketball or football? It's I play baseball, and it's they are very different. Smaller field, different ball, underarm pitching, um, and it's. Yeah, like the name softball, just oh, it's the, it was intentionally supposed to be for women because they played it. It was actually a factory sport, and that's why it was all sort of condensed. But I tell you what, I don't, I don't actually wouldn't want to go and face the Australian women's softball team facing the underarm balls and stuff like that. And they're just we're just we're different sports. We are very different people. There is a crossover. There are we've had some amazing softballers come across into the Australian women's team, dual players. Um, okay. Yeah, that have played both like softball for Australia at the Olympics and with us. And it's amazing. Oh, I just tip my cap to them because I've never given it a go, but I'm actually, whew, it's hard. It's really hard. And look at the start of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. It actually, it was underarm. There was a lot, a lot of modified rules before it sort of really became through baseball. Um, later oh, I didn't in, know that. Yeah, later in that. Um, but, yeah, no, they're very, very different, very different. Do you know, so you were saying that a baseball is like so, you know, so much literally harder. I imagine because it's smaller too, when you get hit in the batter's box with a baseball, it's, does it feel like a, you know, uh, really bad, I assume. Depends where you get hit. I mean, I'm a, I'm renowned for jumping out of the way. I actually like to stay in there. I actually like to stay in there and actually hit. It depends. And look, you kind of train yourself to sort of take it in your arm or your shoulder. I mean, you do not want to get hit in your elbow. Um, you get hit in the 
backside, it's like that's probably the best and you'll get a big massive bruise. It's not that it really, I'm not yeah. See, that's I, why I'm I did golf. No, I didn't I don't have to turn my tushy and deflect, <laughs> use my no, cheeks to deflect pain. <laughs> just 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 deflect anywhere where you get a little bit more muscle or padding, just don't get hit in the bone. Uh, Amy, you are a woman athlete. You also happen to be queer. Recently with the premiere of the show, a lot more has been talked about regarding the queer woman who played in the All-American Girls League at the Frameline San Francisco San Francisco International LGBTQ Plus Film Festival. Maybelle Blair, uh, the real-life inspiration for the movie character all the way may great character played by madonna yes uh she was quoted saying she thinks two-thirds of the all-american girls professional baseball league are gay can you speak a little bit on what it's like being on the team as a queer women woman whether that was something that ever came up throughout your career if you noticed you know, a change throughout, uh, you, you played what, 2000, you played at least 10 years, right? In the- yeah, I was in the, in the Australian team for, um, well, Australian squad for about 15 years. Um, and when I came in, I was actually married. Um, I was in a, in a same sex, not in a same sex relationship and basically, yeah, met my now wife on the field. Um, so it was a very, um, it was a very eye-opening, it was really, uh, tough time really really tough time for me personally um just going through that whole realization period and and things like that it was really tough so here I am like in a new city and just learning people but also learning about myself and it was really really hard um and yeah it it basically over over the career look it's been um amazing The, the baseball community in Australia is absolutely fantastic and I've never been I've never received any bad treatment um like we know we've seen that scene in the movie where people are heckling and things like that we don't we get we get the occasional oh there's a girl playing bring it in or don't like if you get out by a girl or a girl hits you there might be some heckling on the other team but as far as anything that's like homophobic comments I've never been never been uh received any of that so I think that's been fantastic but um yeah look obviously there's a lot of uh, queer women in, in, in baseball across all the levels internationally and, and every level in Australia that it's a really welcoming and inclu- inclusive inclusive environment oh wow thanks for um letting us in on that um on that, that personal side of your life Amy um I was smiling when you first started talking about it uh even though you were saying it was like personally uh, you know at the beginning at least a little difficult but I could help smiling because when you said you met your wife out there I was like oh Who's the Carson and who's the Greta? <laughs> oh, I'm the I am definitely the Carson, and my <laughs> wife is all parts of Greta. I can tell you now. Watching the show, it is just ah. the show hits hard in so so many ways. It's funny because I don't want to sign myself to a character because I can't. Are you a Carson? You a Greta? I actually uh-huh. see, I see that awakening thing with Carson. I live that, and it it's the best of times and it's also the worst of times it is a brutal thing to go through but then I I I see the I see the fierce white line fever of Lupe I see the Jess not wanting to get dressed up I see Max just wanting to be two things that she can't be anything and that's I see myself in everything and I think that's why the show is so freaking amazing because it's just we see everyone can see themselves in everything and it's just so important because we didn't have that in the in the movie the movie is amazing don't change a thing this is this is different 
it's sorely overdue. Um, but yeah, yeah, going back to that, yeah, definitely, my wife's definitely the definitely the great. <laughs> definitely the oh, I love oh, it. Wow. And I agree with everything you said. Um, this is different than the movie, and these stories can be told too. And look at how many of us are, like you said, relating to so many different characters. It is the mark of a great show, in my opinion. It is, yeah, and it's it's actually really quite funny because I know funny is probably not the word, but I know you you've talked about it, and we've all read. I'm not you're supposed to read the comments and the people that are criticizing the show for rewriting history. And I've kind of been thinking about it, going, I actually think that there's actually a really large percentage of people who think the 1992 movie is actually history. It's almost like they've actually watched that <laughs> yeah. and gone, okay, that's history. Why are you rewriting history and trying to make it work? It's like, no, 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 we're actually going back and telling a story. It's like I think the fact that it took 40 years to make the movie and then another 30 years to make a TV show, that itself is a crime. Like there should be far more stories being told. But I just find it hilarious that it's just it's not we're not rewriting a movie we're actually telling the historical facts I yeah it's it's ridiculous yeah Yeah. and it's you know it's almost it's worse than this but it's almost like you know how there's that thing where everybody thinks a movie quote is one thing but it's actually this slightly different thing but every (laughs) for some reason everybody thinks it's the slightly wrong quote you know, it's like almost like you said, like, oh, a, a movie from the 90s that was that is beloved. That's actual history. We've just decided like, no. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, um, obviously, Charlie is too much like um, Dottie's husband and, and Dove is too much like it's not a note. There was actually real coaches, real husbands, real players of the league. And as soon as you make any of the stories in the current TV show, everyone's not going to go, well, that's not this person in the movie. And I'm like, that was make believe. That wasn't. <laughs> I just yeah it's it's like making me laugh and cry at the same time so it's Mm, you know I was crying earlier I'm editing a reaction video and I'm looking there's a very you know it has like I think 130,000 views reaction video of this like guy who's like he's basically just angry that they remade the movie and I'm like "Uh, okay somebody remade something and you're angry about it like that's the 10 minutes okay ugh I think I've seen that one. There was one I watched the other day because I want to, I've been watching a few things just to kind of understand where they're coming from and I don't understand it. But it's like the first ever movie that was made about World War II. Does that mean every single thing that gets made <laughs> after that gets referred to the movie and then they rewrite it? Like, right. seriously, people get like far out. It's killing, it's killing me. <laughs> um, so, okay. Anyway. Well, I do want to jump into the episode. Uh mm-hmm. And, uh, but before that, I want to briefly just talk a little bit about your podcast inside pitch, where you interview Mm. players, management, uh, all kinds of people involved in baseball. Of course, that will be linked in the description. And if you are at all a fan of women and baseball, make sure you check out inside pitch where I feel like you really do a good job of getting to know, uh, the people you're talking to and getting inside stories. And it's like a really conversational, relaxed environment. Uh, so listeners make sure you are checking that out thank you yeah okay so let's go ahead and jump into the episode Uh, we start off with a kind of interesting wartime ad for the peaches apparently even though they play baseball they're still homemakers at heart with impeccable manners that was like a really fun way to start to play the flute 
Got to get some flute playing in third base there. And Lupe holding the compact in her glove. (laughs) Lupe is amazing. If you watch when they run through at the start, her little as they go through. Oh, I miss that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, You know, I will say this, and I'm getting a lot of comments and DMs from people telling me how rewatchable this show is. I Mm. almost, I usually watch at least twice for the recaps. And the second time I laugh way more. You just like pick up on all these little funny moments and things. Yeah, I'm telling you, cause I've, it's funny. I've watched it so many times that, you know, on Netflix, how they go, are you still watching? They've actually, mm-hmm. I swear to God, Prime is going to put this thing going, are you sure you don't want to watch something else? <laughs> and then you, and I click no. And then it comes, it comes up again and it goes, no, seriously, you need to start watching something else. For the sake of my own, I don't want to say how many times I've watched this show. Um, it also helps my wife is away for work this week, so literally it's just been on every night. It's um, just you and the the peaches every week. It is me and, <laughs> and Max and, and, Gretz, and, and everybody. And yeah, and Max and clients. <laughs> and it's so funny. I swear, I reckon that you could watch every episode. Sorry, watch a series and just focus on one character. Go, okay, I'm focusing on Jess. And just watch everything Jess does. And, oh, my goodness, it's the amount of stuff. Like the first time I watched it through, it was such a different watch. Like after the, each episode, like after episode one, I'm like, I don't know what I've watched, what's happening. And after every episode, and then you watch it again, it's just because they've just become your family. And it's just like you just, I don't know, sadly think you're there, you want to be there. Oh, no, but- I, I think that's what one of the winning aspects of the series is you want to be there with them, even though mm. – the, the show doesn't shy away from portraying the struggles of all of its characters. I mean, especially this episode, a lot of people are struggling. We've got people getting drafted to go to war, um, people whose parents are you know really upset with them. The All of the, uh, this was the episode I, I thought most, there was no coding. Uh, I really thought there was a lot of, okay, now we're going to talk about the queer thing. We're going to talk yeah. about it with Birdie, with Max, with uh, Greta, with Joe. Uh, yeah. So. And, yeah. And- yeah I, I agree. Completely agree. Kind of shifted from, yeah, we had the baseball. Um, they were all excited about being on the field. And now it's like, no, no, no. Now we're actually, it's a, it's a baseball story with a queer problem or is it a queer story with a baseball problem? It, it now kind of shifts into that. And it's, you really, as you said, the stories and the, this episode was, yeah, I actually feel pretty cool. Like, it's pretty cool I get to review this one because this was just amazing. I, they're all kind of like it, but I really think episode four, I feel felt like I watched, you know, like a one-hour movie. Yes, 100%. I agree. There was so much going in this episode from, yeah, from just, as you said, the wall through the road trip, just everything. And, like, as, as we know, Carson's awakening, but also just Max alone. Yeah. It's an, yeah, it's Max is my shift, favorite. Yeah. I love Max's that, story. That whole, and it's it's funny because after the first watch, I'm sitting there going, okay, it's almost like because they get 50% of the screen time and there's only two or, and then you've got the whole team you have to tell in that mm-hmm. other left side. And it's like I, after the first watch, I kind of went, I need I needed more backstories from the, the, the peaches, which when you re-watch it, you realise there are actually more backstories than you think. But I think because you get so invested in, Clint's and Max and that whole storyline it's like you know what let's just have two shows let's have two hour episodes more more there could be a spinoff uh you know but I think for um, now I'm I'm hoping for Lupe and Jess spinoff yes (laughs) oh they have great like buddy chemistry right Lupe and Jess they are I can't like every episode there's just a 
like this episode when she's banging the hat against the wall and she just walks <laughs> in and comes to like just just as yeah. the best lines. Just is like, do you do, are do you are you better now? Yeah, <laughs> I am. Thank you. I am better now. <laughs> <laughs> just the other whole exchange, exchange about the dead weight and the sinking ships that they've been on. Like, I just can't get enough of those two. I just, <laughs> I need an edit of just Jess and Lupe. Oh, that would be awesome. I hope we get that. Well, uh, we also get at the beginning of the episode, we get some dirty, rotten electric guitar while Carson and Greta make out in various places uh, around the grounds. But uh-oh, buzzkill. Carson effed up. She brought Greta to a makeout spot everyone knows about. Amy, have you ever had a problem where you like couldn't find a place to get some privacy, get your makeout on? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this like, episode was all far too real. Um, I think when my wife and I when my wife and I first got together and we were like on a way on a trip, it was um this is this is exactly what it was. It was like wow. Why, where are we going? What do you do? Like as soon as the doors open, you're everything has to be hidden um so there was just so many so many scenes in this movie that were like yeah I was smiling but kind of like remembering good good and bad times at the wait same are time. you one was... of the researchers on this show that they got the scripts from are you giving them this <laughs> oh I tell you I, oh man it feels like it at times um but yeah no just the thing I love about it though is that shows um it shows Greta's that whole vulnerability like her rules and all of that like and it really shows like it just shows that Carson she's lived in a world she can go out she can hold hands she can do whatever she wants so she's like full-on there and Greta's like well hold on you don't know this world and we need to be careful so I just love that balance of it all but yeah the first um few minutes the as I was saying well mate it was like scoring on the field scoring off the field it was just like that whole it was a great was, sequence it was super high energy really back and forth the, yeah and the baseball was cool too yeah it was just like say I'm How the nerd you? I go yeah I'm like enjoying both sides um, yeah, I was going to ask, how have you been finding the baseball aspect of the show? Um, we were saying earlier, we were just chatting a few minutes before we went on that you were actually uh, impressed with the, the job the actors were doing. Yeah, um, they actually had coaches in. They actually went through full-on training camps. They were training like three days a week and they, they actually, I think Darcy Carter the other day in a podcast was talking about how they actually became a team before they actually were the team on show. Um, and they actually got taught. They had some. They did some of the US women's team down, um, and basically went through everything. So there's some fine, decent ball players. I'll tell you what. If anyone want to come out and play, I Doncaster Baseball Club here in Melbourne. If you want to come out, Darcy Carr and Abby Jacobson, <laughs> you're I'll extending an invitation. I you will. Hey, you can stay in my house. You can. I'll, <laughs> I'll put you up, man. Because I t- there's some some swings. Some of the swings are great. Um, and baseball's hard because you've. You've got to be able to hit, field, throw, run, steal. Then you've got all of the sequences. You've got to, like, make sure, okay, if they hit to right field, you've got to make sure the people, like, it's mm-hmm. it's not just a movie about someone running. It's a movie about, like, everything. And it's, they do, a, look, there's some CGI, which I kind of still, I find certain CGI is hard to swallow. Uh, but I understand while I've done that, and Jamie Babbitt talked about how, like, the scenes, they wanted to make it so cinematic and they wanted to make it, like, Full on. and it is like the mm-hmm. story of the boat because you remember baseball I love baseball it's my life as we've discussed it's boring baseball goes for three and a half hours the ball it's is the in best play nap background music ever a baseball it game is. <laughs> it is and it's like the ball's in play for nine minutes not those nine minutes those not, it's not like spectacular plays so you can see what they've done to sort of 
to write that stuff in the storyline. But other than that, man, I'd sign up pretty much any of them. I think it's great. I think um, they've done a really good job. What did you think of Carson's swing? I was, I thought I was impressed with Abby Jacobson's swing. Yeah, there's a um, look the the coach in me. There's a little bit. I'm like, okay, you need to put that. You know, Jess <laughs> okay. opens, like, Jess opens the shoulder too much. Okay, Max doesn't doesn't leave with the arm enough when she throws. And there's there's a couple of things I would okay. stolen a bit earlier. Like it's so hard not to to Critique. coach. Um, yeah, but then I watch a basketball movie and I'm just like, man, I don't know, that's great. Um, <laughs> but but no, there's some really <laughs> it's so fun. there's some bloody good swings. I understand Darcy played. Um, oh really. She played softball. Abby played as well. So, um, nah, there's some there's some good good fielders in there. Um, and look, yeah, you just have to take a leap of faith. I think they ask you to. It's it's as I said, it's it's very it's very hard to just make a whole bunch of actors into baseballs, and and they've done a bloody good job of it. Yeah, I agree. It re- it's received. Uh, I think I mentioned this in one of the other earlier recaps that some people were talking about the baseball, but I agree with you. I, it's not like it's a distraction to me. And frankly, I'm like used. Maybe it's different sports, but I'm used to like I'm so hard on any golf movie. I'm like, oh, you're terrible. You've you've <laughs> never played golf. Your swing is the worst. You look like Charles Barkley. So again, I'm not a baseball player, but I'm I trust you and. It, I, it, they're selling me on it. I so often can't tell that they're using stunt doubles or whatever, you know? Well, I so. think um, if they've gone and got a whole bunch of like, let's just say the whole USA women's baseball team and they just put them on the field and then tried to make it look like it was Darcy and Jess and whatever, you, it just would have been like, no, just don't. Yeah. And it's like, so what they've done, the mix of CGI, and as I said, there's a couple of plays and me being the critique as a coach, there's a couple of things that go, oh. but overall, and it's funny because on the first watch I'm like, I want more baseball. But then like this episode, you kind of go, I don't need more baseball. I'm actually good. Like the storyline away from the baseball field, it's kind of like they, I didn't need more. But I think that um the way they do it and the way that the story, like particularly at the start of this episode with the whole on the field, off the field, and then being able to have some affection on the field. And that was sort of a way they could actually, and I've lived that, they could actually have that public display of affection on a baseball field because they couldn't have the other side of things and I'm getting all deep here. I think they no, played that really, really it. well. Like all the parallel storylines of on the baseball field or training of what they're going on off the field is just so brilliantly done. Uh, Amy, I asked my last guest, Ida, if she had ever flirted in church. I am going to ask you, I, you already answered this, but so you have flirted in a baseball, a live baseball game. You're like, Hold up. I got to get my flirt on. <laughs> no, well, I should go back a step. I actually grew up in the church. I'm actually from a church family, like Ooh, church every piece. Sunday, everything. So it's kind of like, yeah. Um, yeah, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, look, obviously my wife and I are still flirting on the field. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I'm yeah, flirting as I hit the ball over the fence. Yeah. Oh, I wish I could. No. <laughs> um, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, on the field, her and I all the time. Yeah. What's the best, what's the best flirt? Like a little wink as you're walking to the plate, but you better hit a good one. If you wink and then you whiff, not hot. Oh yeah. No, you can't, yeah. No, you can't be calling a shot and then uh, struck out. Um, no, you can't go past a little pat on, pat on the bum, pat on the ass. Got it. Got go. it. Am I allowed Does to say it, that? Oh yeah. You can curse. <laughs> Does anybody ever use it as like a distraction? Like if you got a batter up is the catcher ever like, Oh, Hey there. But really no. I don't care. I'm trying to get you to whiff the ball. Nah, there's none of that. Like okay. top, like baseball's pretty like particularly obviously 
Australian World Cup levels. Nah, nothing, none of that yeah. kind of stuff happens. Yeah, we were playing real baseball, Amanda. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, look, there's relationships on teams. There's relationships between international teams. There's people that are out, people that aren't, um, people that don't know they're gay yet. Um, there's, there's heaps of, but no, that, that, as soon as we hit the field, it's game on. Like, yeah. And then obviously when you play, play club level, it's a little bit different. But, um, yeah, no, it's um, just stays yeah, pretty I clean. was the one uh, who didn't know yet that you described. Other people knew. My coach's husband knew. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know. As I said, I grew up in the 90s watching that show and then started watching a lot of women's tennis. And in retrospect, my family's just like, all those posters of Steffi Graf on your wall didn't give anything away. And I'm like, no, I just really liked right watching female athletes and then yeah yeah, as I said when I came to baseball I'm just like what is this this is like my team this is like this is amazing and it's yeah and then obviously 20 something years later it's like the power not the power but the influence that we have and the ability that we have as particularly my wife and I in our relationship we've been able to be role models for others and, and other people to be able to just um come up and even not even come out like they don't have to come out they just they ha- they are who who they are and it's sort of like we've been lucky to sort of be that kind of that's awesome yeah I love that okay so away from the peaches uh max has come into some money recently with her new factory job but tony is still super anti max working at the factory she was like they're gonna fire you when the war ends. Uh, speaking of the war, back at Clance and Guy's place, Guy is depressed for obvious reasons. He got the draft notice. Uh, and uh, Clance spends the whole episode trying to cheer Guy up so- somewhat successfully by the end. But obviously they have um, that really touching scene Um Uh, It's just really tough because this is something that these guys actually had to deal with. And for Guy's character, you know, he's having to go fight possibly for a country where he can't even buy fish at a store run by white people, you know, so. Yeah, it's, I mean, obviously not being, being Australian, it's obviously that we're aware of everything that's happened in that, but it's still the way they've written that and it comes across is um, like Clarence is, every episode you like Clarence is this star the episode, she's just amazing. But this, that whole storyline is just brutal um just to yeah. watch yeah it's, it's tough yeah so we'll see how that unfolds i hope it's not going down the way that we yeah me too yeah me too that's too much sadness yeah um meanwhile the peaches finally have a road game i loved this they that we got <laughs> to see them on the bus uh it reminded me of the 92 movie i bet you you might have some stories from traveling on with some of your teams yeah, look, going away with like 20 bunch of girls is just, they're the things I miss from playing. Like I miss the baseball and I miss the training. I, I miss all that, but I miss going away. And it's like there's 20 girls. You don't get along with everyone. You've got your groups. You've got your pairs. You've got everything. But it's just like you just, particularly at the start, we were just like a bunch of girls. We're playing baseball. We're playing, like we paid for everything. Um, we don't get, like that's why the, the contrast of when the Peaches all got their paychecks in that episode, I don't trust paper money, it was like <laughs> I was so proud but like jealous just like, oh, my God, because we paid for everything. Like Wow. There's no even like every- prize, ma- prize money? No. No, no, no. We paid no. every year like 10 grand or more just to play for Australia and things like that. So when Clarence, sorry, when 
in this episode when um, Max gets her paycheck and the first thing she's like, I'm going to buy baseball shoes or baseball, anything to do with baseball. It's like, that's me. That was us. We, we worked to pay for baseball. So when she's like that, I'm like, yep, I, I just spent all my money on baseball. Um, but yeah, the, the trips away were, <laughs> trips away were amazing. Just, yeah, it was awesome. That was serious, but there was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Well, I spent all my money on candy. Uh, let's see. Carson has some, she's got flashcards about their opponents. I assume is, this is the normal role for the catcher to be taking the notes and studying because they're the one calling the pitches. Is that right? Or no? Uh, not to lead it. Okay. I mean, they're, the ca- the captain is, co- sorry, the ca- catcher is sort of oh, captain, but they need to know a lot of stuff, but they get guided by the coach. I just love the fact that Dub just comes in and goes, thanks, and takes it all. <laughs> He's such a dick. Oh, yeah, um, it takes her hard work. Yeah, it was, it was very cute, like that whole nerdy side of Carson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of Coach Porter, I, I, this episode, I couldn't really, I wasn't sure. Is, is is Dove Porter an a-hole who doesn't care, or is he somebody who loves the game and he wants to do right by his career and the ladies? Uh, to me, he was a mystery this episode. You're right. It's kind of, I think it's really clunky, the whole Bill Dub thing, the whole, and it's it's hard because Bill Offerman, you, you want, you want like he's so awesome, and it's kind of like you didn't know where we were going, you didn't know if it was Jimmy Dugan. I don't know. I think ultimately he says in one scene where he, he's using it to get himself back on the map. He's using the he's using the women's league to try and get another gig somewhere else, and I think they start to win. So he's kind of like, oh cool, he's, like he takes the cards. He's trying to take the glory, and as soon as they start to win, that's when he gets noticed, and it's kind of like this. Yeah, ultimately, he the whole thing's a joke. From the first scene when he does the magic trick behind Carson, you can tell that the whole thing is a joke to him. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I wonder that's if that's how why. I see it. Yeah, like I've been coached by the the men in, that we've been coached by have been unbelievably amazing. Um, and it's like just seeing some of the way that he treated the players, it's clear that he thinks they're a complete joke. I mean, he takes a shining to a few, but he sort of like wants to make Lupe himself, and there's things like that. Um, but I think yeah, I think it's um. I think he yeah, might not ultimately. be doing it on pers- purpose, but it feels like he's trying to ruin Lupe. <laughs> it feels like he's going to ruin Lupe's oh, yeah. career. Yeah, making someone throw a pitch they can't throw or not like overthrowing their arm and she's going to like break her break herself. Yeah, it's brutal. And there's not that many players on the team, so you look after your good ones. I mean, I again, I don't have this knowledge. It seems like if you have to do throw a ball with your fingers all weird, like a fork ball requires, is that part of what's, what's supposed to what, hurt her basically doing this over and over again um yeah I mean obviously throwing throwing is really bad for your shoulder regardless of how you're throwing just normal throwing but when you start throwing curveballs in particular when you've got a flick and things like that you can actually start because it's not just the fingers it's the way your, your arm moves it's the way your elbow and your shoulder moves so you can actually have like really bad elbow issues you can have bad rotator cuff shoulder issues so there's, there's actually there's an endless list of things that can, can go wrong so not only do you start throwing something you're not used to and then overthrowing, so repetitive, it, it's just all parts of like, um, and you can see Carson can see that, but then the whole Lupe just wants to, she's there to play, she's there to win, she feels like if she's on the bench she's not going to, and I get that. Like you, you do, every single player I've ever played with or against has hidden an injury at some point in their life. You, yeah. just, you just want to play baseball. You don't and, want the, to... and the show rightly portrays, in my opinion, how it seems like the coach almost encourages that behavior initially I, I felt that way most mm-hmm. of my career, like suck it up, you know? He does. He says, are you sore or are you hurt? 
And we say the same thing. Are you sore? Are you hurt? Are you tired? Or are, are you broken? Or are you, are you like, and you can, you can imagine this is there. They, they keep going on about, they don't know if it's real. They don't know how long it's going to last. They know they're not winning. There's no one in the stands. It's like they got one shot and they don't yep. know if that one shot is that one game or that one season or that one whatever. I, I would, if I was back Who then. wouldn't be doing that same thing? I'd be doing that. I, I'd yeah. be wearing the dress and B, I'd be playing as injured. I'd, I'd have one leg and I'd be out there. Like it's, um, yeah, I, I can completely see where Lupo was coming from. Okay, Carson somehow manages to pull off switching rooms so her and Greta can be together. Uh, And when she pulls it off, I don't know if you saw this, but Carson gets this huge grin on her face. Amy, aren't we supposed to try to be cool? Like, have you ever been there when a girl makes you smile? And and in that way that you can't stop smiling, like I've been there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I'd have to say I'm still there every day. Um, no, when she, <laughs> hopefully my wife listens to this. Um, yeah, like the sing when they're singing Clementine and she's like, she almost like becomes this kid where she's just like singing because she's so yes. happy that she has just, she's full on out Cheryl Cheryl and Cheryl, poor Cheryl's just, she's just, yeah, everyone's just been moved around and she gets the room and it's like, that's my favourite scene when they're walking into the, <laughs> when they're walking into the place and Terry goes, what are you smiling at? She goes, I just love God. And she goes, the same. Oh, sh- I'll take you for a tour. <laughs> you see Greta in the background kissing herself. And it's just like, yeah, she's so proud of herself. I think maybe that's the, this is, you know what, unpopular opinion. Okay. That's, is the, this episode's a kind of episode where I kind of went, is Carson too manipulative in that? And it, does it frustrate me? I kind mm. of think. Like, but then I, I put myself back into that situation where it's just like she knew she wanted Greta and she had to try and do whatever she could. Um, and Greta's sort of like not trying to be too much and Gre- Greta's like trying said, to be safe. They only have so long. <laughs> so, yeah, I kind of was just like, I don't know, because, but then, no, I, I can totally see why, why Carson's done it. She only had a couple of days in the nunnery. She had to get it done. So, I mean, you said it. They are in a convent. <laughs> Okay, this is great writing. Like, bravo, League of Their Own Writers Room. This is going to be amazing. Like, as soon as I see the convent, I'm like, this, this is going to be some great TV I'm about to watch. Yeah, and then the nun out of the front's like, there's only, you're not allowed to talk about, you're not allowed to pray, and you're not allowed to talk about God. And I'm just like, okay, there's some other stuff that's going to be going on in there that I don't think they're, um, <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, I got to say, I've been, consistently surprised at Carson's aggressiveness um both in her attempts to reject Greta and subsequently this episode is mostly her attempting to bang Greta all episode she's just all over the place uh but she's just to me so aggressive in whatever she decides that goals uh that day's goal is going to be mm-hmm. uh but then it seems like she gets herself so worked up she like ruins the moment between her and Greta <laughs> I know, but that's, it's sort of great from Greta because I think Greta, I think she says to her, oh, I'm sorry, was that too much? Because I think Greta's trying to not be too much because she's, I think she's gone down this path a lot, like the scene where she, those, where they married and she turns around and goes, a lot of them were. And it's like, so you kind of get this understanding that maybe Greta was and still is a player, but I actually think that she's actually seen something in Carson and gone, I think you might be the one. So she's actually slowing it down because I, I don't think she wants to push oh, Carson away. That's the you, way I see it. 
Do you see, see that even though at the end of the episode we get Joe saying, hey, this looks just like you and Dana, I think it was the name. You still think Greta sees Carson as maybe the, her like, soulmate or something? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think Joe, the Joe Greta relationship is just awesome. I think they are just so just looking out for each other. Um, but I think the one the thing that got it for me was when I was sitting and having a little floor picnic um, and she sort of said, this is just an adventure. We're all going to go off back to Charlie and I'm going to go to California with Joe, and we're just going to remember this adventure. And there was the scene where she eats this grape and I think that she's actually telling Carson to try and convince herself because she doesn't want that to happen because I think that this episode is the episode where she's like, I really like you and I can see what's happening, but I've got to be careful because I've seen this before. I'm I, Like all these married women have just gone back. That's my take from it. I reckon that Greta is kind of like, yeah, you're the one. And Carson's mm-hmm. just like just a rabbit in a nunnery mm. so yeah okay that's I, I think you might be right on that one uh we'll see and then after the initial fun with Greta and Carson we get this fun scene where they like slide over like a 90s R&B music video <laughs> over several <laughs> different rooms it is, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and we get uh, we get an interesting conversation between Shirley and Maybell, who are, like I said, this ta- this at this point they're actually talking about is Joe queer? Um, that's where my never, never trust a woman who loves a sandwich reference at the beginning of the pod came from. Actually, uh, I gotta... she does talk a lot about Catherine Hepburn and pants. <laughs> It's just Maybelle is just every character has every line, but yeah, the Catherine Hepburn. Wait, I gotta. My mother said, "Never trust a woman who loves a sandwich." I thought that line was hilarious. I feel like maybe it may be true. I love sandwiches. So does my Mm -hmm. wife. Do all queer women eat sandwiches? Is that a thing? I love sandwiches, so maybe that's it. (laughs) I'm queer and I eat a sandwich, so <laughs> if it quacks like a duck, if it, talk, it must be. Shirley's mom has the wisdom. <laughs> then we come back to Greta and Carson and we get this scene that I think you referenced earlier. Um, and, and it's when when Greta and, and Carson are, are having some snacks and Carson actually asks Greta why she left with that guy the first night they Mm. kissed i'll actually play this one too this will be a little bit better here whenever i'm starting something new with someone i always like to make sure that i'm seen on a man's arm does that make sense yeah it's just one of the rules that i have to keep myself safe so one of the rules to keep herself safe i feel like this is a huge moment for greta's character in the show huge oh i think it's it explains the mystery of those beginning episodes. Well, the, it was so funny because my wife watched the first episode with me and that after that scene at the end of the episode, she hated Greta. She <gasps> just turned around and went, what? You? She called her the C word and she's just like, no. Nah. And she left and she didn't want to watch the episodes. She's since come back and we've watched it the 27th time. I was watching it too. But anyway. <laughs> um, yes, I'm still there. I still want to. Um, and it's like interesting because I was like, each episode the first time watch I'm just like what the hell have you you are that's and then he kind of it, it evolves but this episode there it's kind of like wow and she 
it just makes you so like I just think if I imagine growing up then imagine sorry imagine being queer and knowing that I mean they mention it in the episode they um I can't remember which character mentions lobotomies in a positive light uh you know you it was life or death you know you you're like because you know if you if you can't even if they mess with your brain that's yeah as you said I can't imagine yeah and they just get arrested and and names put in use like I just can't I can't even and the fact that she has to everything is hidden they have to go to get a road trip room together and lock door just yeah and it's that's the whole thing about how powerful when you talked about Mabel Blair comes out when she's 95 wow and 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 it's like she played in the all-american girls professional baseball league and she was closeted for that long so anyone that goes oh why they why is this show so woke why have they rewritten the history when someone comes out at 95 there you go yes it's all it's all all you need to know and there's plenty that didn't and good for her you know it's never too late my girl's a superstar She's also and she's looking for a girlfriend too. Oh my god, that's amazing! Yeah. Wait a sec, that's line. amazing. Yeah. Hey, we might have some listeners who are going to be up in all the way May's DMs tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Heard you were looking. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. Uh, in within that conversation, you know, Carson, like you said, says you know, she's afraid. And then Greta says, you will go back to your life. Um, This is when, like you said, when we learn Greta has done this before. I feel like after this, I was like, ah, Carson has to go back to to her life, but Greta and Joe get to go to California. What's Carson (laughs) going back to? Like her choir group? She's going back to the farm. Never been to a farm. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think, as I said, I reckon that's, I reckon that's Greta trying to can just basically that's the story she has she's done this before she knows what it's like she's just basically saying let's enjoy this let's rob the bank and I wonder whether the rob the bank story mm. story line is like we're gonna rob the bank on and off the field um because I think oh, yeah. she knew yeah no they sure. definitely robbed it, robbed it off the field that's for sure um so maybe that's what that is and yeah I, I just reckon that, that that whole scene from Greta is so it's hard to watch, but it just shows shows a really awesome side of her, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. It, it shows, like you said, it it wasn't just games. Like I kind of thought she was playing. It wasn't. Maybe she was playing sometimes games with Carson, but it wasn't just that. There was more to it. Yeah, and you're right. I think there were games. I mean, the whole scene from the previous episode of the dinner at the mm-hmm. date, the way that she full on played Greta, like played Carson and threw all the lines back at her. That was. Yeah. It was hard and it was brutal, but it was bloody awesome. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was cool with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so back at the factory, Clance has gotten a job with Max, who learns that Fox, the pitcher, has quit. So that's her opening to possibly be able to pitch for the team. Yep. Then at the Peaches Road game, the Comets get absolutely mollywopped. Uh, Carson notices Coach Porter leaving, and this is the last we'll see of Coach Porter in episode mm. four. Uh, but another the Peaches gig? need a coach. Sorry, what was that? So he's got another gig. He's off. He's right? Used, the he's Orioles. used the Peaches and he's, yeah. <laughs> so he's left him. 
but it is decided Lupe and Carson will co-coach the team. So I thought this was going to be a disaster, but initially it worked really well for them. Yeah, I think um, I think you start to see a sign of Lupo that I think she's good. She's a coach. Like I think she's actually she's like full on white line fever on the field. But I think she actually just wants to. She's there to win. She's playing to playing to win. I think Carson, as a catcher, catchers make good coaches because they've got to see the whole game. They can call whole games, so it kind of makes sense. But my vote was with Greta because she's tall and you can see her from everywhere. So. <laughs> When in doubt, <laughs> vote the tallest girl to be the coach. <laughs> oh, uh, finally, we get our big hookup scene. Amy, I got to say, the first time I hooked up with a lady, I was not as confident as Carson was. I was not, like, grabbing her face. I was a hot mess. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. Absolutely. <laughs> I still don't. No. Um, no, I had no idea. I legit was like, what the, f- I don't know. I got all these parts. I don't know what to do. No. Yeah, she was, like robbing the bank like mm-hmm. she was taking all the gold Greta was pumping her up you know telling her how great she is all of a sudden Carson's like oh I got this <laughs> I got this but I'm just gonna forget how to breathe um no she was <laughs> she was going for it just with the crucifix on the wall nice little thing in the background oh, yeah I love that um no it was very yeah it was quite um most action I think that none of seen in a while <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I hear well, nuns. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> Amy, is it a big difference playing baseball at night versus uh during the day? Yes, huge. Um, and depending on the quality of the lights, I mean you can play like we played World Cups and they've been like full on major league stadium lights, they're amazing. And then sometimes you play club and you're like there's a light out or there's an angle of a light that's not great. Um, fun fact, though, the women in the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League did play a night game at Wrigley Feet. This, this, this is actually, Whoa. this is based on a true story. And it's like, again, don't want to rewrite history because, hmm. but they always talk about the first night game at Wrigley Field was 1988. It actually was 1943. They actually had a women's war um like so all the women's service women, they actually played like softball games and they actually had like 7,000 people there and the women saw an all-star game of the actual All-American Girls Professional Baseball League played on that field. Um, and all the reports coming out of the game was the lights were terrible and the girls could hardly see, but they all just went, we don't care. Like we'll wear a bathing suit if you ask us. We'll play under the half-decent lights if you put them on for us. So they actually played the play that. So this is kind of, again, the writers and the researchers in this show have just done such an amazing job at, Again, being woke and rewriting history. Actually, right. yeah, they're so like amazing they, at uh, being so accurate and uh, how woke to be accurate. Uh, I will. <laughs> so, do you think this this plot line comes from that in your research? Yeah. Do you think that that's where they got that that the girls had trouble back then playing in the lights? I think. Yeah. Look, I think the whole. I mean, it was pretty obvious when they were turning the lights out. It was freaking dark. I'm like, yeah. I'm not sure why I took them to the fifth inning, but look. Forget that. I think, yeah, it's probably um, it's sped the storyline up a bit. So I think definitely, like I was reading that um, quite a while ago, I've got a heap of books on it, and it was I remember when as soon as the night game started playing, I'm like, oh, my God, this is like wow. that game. Um, cool. As I said, they would play in a bathing suit, they'll play in a skirt and play under crappy lights. It's They get the shot. I would have done the same thing, 100%. We played, we trained. I remember one Australian team, we trained at a stadium here in Melbourne and they didn't turn the lights on and we're, we're in the dark. So all these scenes of them training in the dark and playing under crappy lights, we still did it. We did wow. it 
20 years ago. So this is the whole thing about all this stuff that they, they went through. It's real. It really is. Wow. That's awesome. It's so cool to have you on and to say like, even though it was, you know, different time periods, so much, like you said, is real and accurate and authentic. Yeah. I mean, as, as we know, this artistic license and you've got to take a leap with the director and there's a few things you like, but, but ultimately they have kept so true. Um, I think the only shame is that it's, it's taken so long for this to be made and it's 80 years since the league started. And unfortunately there's not a lot of the players still with us. And it's like, I just wish that more players would could actually see their true self. Yeah. I mean, they got the movie, we all got the movie, but the fact that there's only been these, these two things, although have you seen the TV show they brought out in the nineties? I have not. I saw it mentioned somewhere. Go on YouTube or something. Is it like, how is it? (laughs) That good, huh? It's got canned laughter and it's, someone's recorded on a VHS and that's been put onto YouTube. So it's square. It's really bad vision. It's really bad sound. It is, it's not great. It got cold (laughs) after six episodes. And after the first few minutes, you're just like, how did it get, not get cold after six minutes? Um, it's not great. Okay. It's yeah, but at least look, yeah, I have to watch it. <laughs> you have to. You have to do it. It's. I've done it. I wish I didn't. But I'm glad it's, <laughs> we should all. Do it's it. not. You agree, it's so bad. It's just because the movie was so good, and you kind of <laughs> like they because they re, they redid the movie. It was like Marla Hooch was in it. You had um, you had some people oh, in it. Like everyone, that was Jimmy. Same people, Dottie, they, the whole first episode, they go back and get Dottie to come back and play. And it's like, well, you're not Jenna Davis. Here, it's like they're not redoing the movie, they're not remaking it. It's it's going back to the actual storyline. So that's yeah, what I love I was this. initially disappointed because I love the movie so much. And this is absolutely the right call. I would have hated it oh, if the, you know, bro. we would have all just been like, oh, she's not as good as Gina Davis yet. So we have both. Why, yes. is, why do people, like, we get both. I mean, the only thing is, like, they called it a league of their own. So everyone's like, oh, it's a remake. It's like, I don't know what else they could have called it. Women's baseball show. Uh, like, as it's- Aaron <laughs> said, they needed it. They needed it for the, that's probably yeah. how they sold the freaking show. You know, is Amazon Prime giving them the yeah. budget to hire all these researchers and make it as cinematic and beautiful and all that and do as, as, as authentic as they did? Probably not if it's if they don't have it be a league of their own. Yeah, you're right. And God, they've done a good job, man, with the sets, the scenes, the everything. They've just done a, it's an amazing job. Like Yeah, the, the budget, costumes, everything's great. Yeah. Uh, we we learn through Shirley and Lupe the Comets are cheating. Amy, have you ever encountered uh, this cheating in baseball? Uh, oh, not really. It's hard to cheat on a baseball field. Like you can... People try and scuff up the ball. You can do hidden ball tricks, but you can't really cheat on a baseball field, like because it's everything's there. I've never, yeah, turning off lights. That's yeah, next. After level. they figured out in nineteen in the nineteen forties, the old light tricks don't work. What else can you do? <laughs> yeah, no, we've um, I haven't really had any cheating. Well, not that I've known. If, if I have, they've done a good job. Well done. <laughs> so different than golf. It's like so easy to cheat in golf. <laughs> real is that? Mm-hmm. Like moving your ball closer or yeah, anything, improving your lie, not counting a stroke. Um there are all think all kinds of things I'm not thinking of. Um wow. yeah. And usually unless you're, you know, especially unless you're in like the 
you know, the biggest tournament of the year and there's spectators following you, you know, it's like an honor system kind of. So. Wow. Well, there you go. I didn't know that. But uh, good news. The peaches turn the game around. I feel like sometimes, I feel like this was very realistic. Sometimes all it takes is just one little victory and you can totally turn the momentum around in a game. Yeah, you you can. Sometimes like the your coach might get ejected and the team goes, yeah, and they fire up or um, you get shitty because, yeah, the other team's cheating or someone's slid in too hard. You're like, ah, I'm going to get them. Um, they just need a spark and they do. And Carson and Lupe working really well together and I love the little nod back to like their own when they're doing the signals yes. together. It's a little bit different to Jimmy and Dottie, Dottie no. doing fighting and I think that's kind of like the thing I like it's like the nod back to the show but it's not the identical to the show it's kind of like it's like oh that's the scene from there I hadn't thought about that in the movie they're like fighting and then Dottie's like well then be the coach if you want to but in this scene and Carson they're doing the exact same thing they are on it together love it yeah it's cool later in the episode Max is preparing for her tryout with her dad uh we're we're seeing a a nice moment and this this is getting a a little bit past that scene but i really found myself empathizing and loving max's dad in this episode you know whereas tony is sort of obviously struggling with birdie and max and doesn't want max to play baseball and all this stuff max's dad is like accepting and loving he even has a a line when she's overhearing their fight up where he says like so what if she is you know whatever they're they're saying she is so uh, edgar's a superstar i I just my dad who passed away a couple years ago like my dad was so my parents weren't like pushy parents i just played baseball and dad used to like just he'd drive you want to play i'll get you a team you'll need to go an hour to the other side of the city i'll drive you there you need this you need that like he used to set up a circle on my um wall at home I threw exactly the way that Max did like and dad would record video games it's like he's so supportive and like the Edgar Max relationship is just so cool like it's just really awesome for dads to be supportive of their daughters particularly in that era playing sport and just wanting to give it a go right it must have been so odd as as they are showing like her her, Tony Max's mom is like I don't even think she's wrong, you know, she, up until this point, like this is really is going to be impossible. You know, you're a woman and not only that you're black. So, um, you know, Tony's not necessarily being evil, although this episode did not show Tony's best side, but yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, but she just wants the best for a daughter. Like she's, she's like had to, they think she's a man to get the shop, to get the bank loan. They think she's a man, Tony. And it's like, she can see that. And I think that she sees that she's a woman. She's black. So she ends up being queer in the 1940s. My like She probably thinks it's a death sentence for her daughter. And I probably, what like, it's it's just horrifying to even think about it. So, yeah, like, you, you, you kind of go, oh, Tony, I, and Edgar's awesome, but you kind of, you understand both stories. But, yeah, Edgar is, um, an unsung hero, just like Gary. Gary is. Are you Max a big Triggs, Gary fan? Max treats Gary like absolute <laughs> crap. And Gary is the thing that stands out with me with Gary is he doesn't have a go. He's not criticizing her as a baseballer. He keeps referring to the fact that he's playing on the men's team and you're a woman. He's not actually saying, he never says at any stage during the show, you're not good enough to be on the team. He just keeps saying that, well, no, this is a men's team. You're a woman. Mm. And I think that's really important 
that he's just basically saying it's not about the fact you're not good enough because I think he thinks that she's she is good enough. It's just like you're a man, you're a woman. This is the world. That's that's what this is. Um, but Gary is he's a true man because Max treats him poorly. Understand it? Like Max is working out some shit. We get it. But <laughs> Gary, man, I'm all for Gary. Team Gary. Okay. Team Gary, you heard it, folks. I liked that scene between when, so we have the double date to kind of cheer Guy up. And I liked when, so Max is really angry when she learns that Gary's been given the position of pitcher already. But then it was kind of a funny moment within the struggle the, that this plot line is when Clance is like, my allegiance is to you, Max. I had no idea. <laughs> that line. She's just like, pushes the husband out of the way. My allegiance. I know that whole, God, Max and Clarence. It's, yeah. it's just so awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm in the Clance fan club. She's awesome. Yeah. She's, she's amazing. She's on the writing crew for the show. Oh, I did not well. know that. Yeah. No, she's okay. amazing. She does, she does everything. She's the, the triple threat. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Uh, at the end, speaking of Gary, we get this scene at the end where Gary is just trying to salvage their relationship. Something from this date, from this, you know, this ongoing, I don't know what it is, between something between him and Max. He wants it to be more, and he's like, oh, we could mm-hmm. be like Clance and Guy. And Max responds very powerfully, we will never be like them. Mm. I think that's, the Sammy lays that line. I think she's she's starting to realise that she's not, she doesn't, I don't think she knows what she, where she is, what she is. I don't think, I think she, that the whole show is about her finding that out. Um, because you said before, like, she's angry about this. Max is just angry. Because she wants to be a baseballer, she can't. And it's like she's got to work two jobs because she's trying to please someone and she's trying to, like, suck up to someone else. And then it's like she is having all these feelings, like the, her whole sexuality, and it's kind of like she's just, like, never going to be like them. And it's kind of like this whole thing where it's like, oh, it's just you can understand why she's just she's angry because it's yeah, just like she doesn't know. Yeah, she doesn't know where, the, where, is, she, where is she in life in the world. Yeah. Inside the Peaches Clubhouse, Shirley comes over and grits her teeth and does that whole through gritted teeth thing. Uh, She says something like, oh, my gaydar is going off every time Joe is in the room. (laughs) Joe's queer. She's queer. Um, Yeah, Shirley's, she's on, I think she's onto something. (laughs) She's she's got a good gaydar. You're not wrong there. Is it that Captain good? obvious? Well done. I feel like we all suspected Joe. <laughs> I, yeah. I, yeah. So um, I'm not sure she's going to give me my lottery ticket numbers. I think she's picking out the obvious there, but thanks. Thanks, Shells. Any more pearls of wisdom there, Shirley? Uh, back at the screws pack practice, Max gets brushed off by the coach, but she figures out how to get her tryout. She puts two weeks worth of wages on no man there being able to hit off her on the line. Amy, I was a little confused by this scene. Shouldn't she have lost this bet like immediately when somebody hits off her? Or do I not understand baseball bets or tryouts or what's going on here? Yeah, I think she just wants a shot. And I think she's basically just going, you know what? I'm actually just going to pay for my chance, which is 
again, we've paid for everything. It's kind of like, I'm just put some money down so they can't, can't say no. And I think the coach, that coach doesn't seem like he's a bad guy. I think he's like, he's like, you know what, have a go. And she throws that first one. It's kind of like, okay, that just give me another one. And it's like, then he gets the other one. And then, then Gary again is like, let her have another one. I think that's the moment where she's just so, it's really heartbreaking that scene because it's such, she, she, she gets her first opportunity. It's this glass shattering I'm not good enough. I have built myself up in my backyard dreams against a brick wall and I truly believed I was amazing and I just, I had to because that was the only thing I knew and I had to tell myself and I lived, I spent, I spent so many years in my backyard growing up when I had nowhere to play and I was practicing my Fred McGriff swings. I was like pretending to be left hand like Ken Griffey. You do, you live in a fantasy world because you didn't have women's leagues and she's not allowed to do anything and I think that moment where she just runs off, oh, See, I think I may have bought in too hard to the Max fan club because I had a little bit different interpretation of the scene. I just mm-hmm. assumed she is good enough and that and maybe this maybe this has a little bit with how they marketed the show, but I just assumed and I'm not spoiled. I've only seen up to episode four. I, I just assumed that she like flubbed, whiffed the audition or the tryout or whatever you want to call it. Do you do you think here she still has work to be done? Um do you how do you see the scene is she am i incorrectly reading that no 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 no. i think this is the great thing about the show i love hearing everyone's different interpretations because i think you have to remember that she's playing against men so the fact is that this whole air quotes she's failed she's also playing against men i've played against men and it's hard they're faster they're stronger they're not they're just they're bigger and they're just they do things easier because that's just what it is so she's had her first shot against men and I think that she didn't choke as much I think that she over she's just worked herself into she's like pitching angry yeah I reckon she's yeah I reckon she's like trying to prove she's angry there's so much going on with her and she's gone so now she thinks she's a failure it's like well no you just you had one shot you threw three pitches against men like you're not you're not shit it's just that's that's not maybe that's not your team Mm. it's kind of like just because you're not just because you have air quotes failed in men's baseball doesn't mean it's yeah I think there's a lot going on she's probably I'm not a psychoanalyst I'm not a (laughs) I think she's just she's just in an absolute tiz and I think she first of all baseball critiquing me a she just walked out there and she didn't I don't think she did any warm-up pitches right no warm-up and b she was wearing like flat Shoes. She had no cleats. She had done nothing. It was sandy. She would have been slipping around. Okay. Get her some time in the bullpen. Get her warmed up. Get her with proper cleats. Get her in there. I reckon she'd dominate. It was all just a bit rushed. All right. Well, afterwards, Max, of course, feeling really down, uh, goes to her best friend Clance's house to make her feel better. And Clance, in my opinion, rightly tells her she's not being a very good friend. Yeah, big time. Best that was yeah. That was poor read the room, read the balcony from Max. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's I don't think Max is selfish. She's just she just doesn't know who she is without baseball. And now it's kind of like in that particular time her baseball's over, she's gone to the, her best mate and she's just like, dude, my husband's going to war. I get it. Yeah. That's yeah, no, nah, she was justified totally. Back at the final Peaches game of the episode, the whole team has a timeout on the pitcher's mound. Carson and Lupe get into a 
physical fight with each other and it turns into a brawl. I love this scene. I thought it was great. I wish it had lasted longer. What did you think? Favorite moments when Joe threw one of the players just like <laughs> threw up. Like I'm just like threw her like she was a baseballer. I'm like, Jesus. Um, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was, I've never been involved in a brawl. and There's been, I've been involved in a lot of fights in, there's been a lot of fights in men's baseball and usually what happens is if I'm the only girl on the team or there's maybe another girl on my team, what happens is we always run off into the dugout. We just wait for the fight to be over and then we come back. Because like, what are we going to do? There's a whole bunch of guys. Yeah. Um, oh, I've never seen a fight in women's baseball. And it's, that was, yeah, it was, I wasn't a fan of it because I don't, I don't want to see them fight. I understand why they why they wrote it in and why they did it. Um but from a baseball perspective, I wasn't a fan. I just don't, I don't like to see it. But the actual fight, like, yeah, it's a Joe and the whole thing. And it's like, because it was a fight in the movie too. I yeah, I liked it because it was like a little slapsticky. But I I, I wonder <laughs> if now hearing hearing what you're saying, maybe it wasn't super accurate. After I've been uh, loading praises onto the show about their accuracy, maybe this wouldn't have happened because it's also, it's so important to all of them. <laughs> Look at his, and the way that uh, Sarge just comes in and goes, we're forfeit. You guys are a joke. You're going to get kicked. Like, you're crap. You have no coach. You're not winning. No one's coming to the game, and now you're fighting. Like, it kind of, it was the logical combination, I guess, for the writing to fight. Um, maybe the whole Greta, sorry, Carson, Lupe thing could have been arrived at a different way, but I get, I don't get your point about the slapstick. It's a good point. Um, I, I just don't like the fighting. I just don't like this. Why does Sarge call it a day? Just because Sarge is worried about her job, or um, look at this. I think Sarge is playing the game, as in Sarge is finding them for wearing pants. She's making sure they're doing all the right things. I think she's kind of like just like maybe Sarge. If she was twenty years younger, she'd be like, "You guys have got a shot." Now you're fighting. Like you're already losing. You've got no coach. You're and now you're fighting. Like come on. I think it's just that's just a womanhood thing. Just going yeah. seriously, ladies. <laughs> just be just be better sarge is awesome be i love her uh i like her too well we end the episode with a little cliffhanger for our halfway through the season episode max meets carson after the game and asks carson to go somewhere and that's how we end the episode i know now i know what happens i've watched the show a lot but like when i watched it for the first time i was like where is this going like where, what is she, I was just like, because yeah. part of me, I was like, is she asking to be on the team? Are they actually going to put her, but that is not factually correct. I'm like, is she like, what's going on? Is there going to be Max and Carson relation? I was like, what? It was a, yeah, it wasn't a cliffhanger, but it was like a, you were just like, where is this going? And I just went, okay, next episode. I didn't yeah. have to wait. Long. Uh, it'll be kept... interesting to see what happens. So yeah. Yeah. Can't wait to talk about that. Well, I uh, I feel like I say this on every recap, recap, but this episode was so chocked full of content. I feel like I watched three episodes or a movie, like I said. Mm. Do you have any overall thoughts on episode four or just on the first half of this season? I think, as we said, I think this is where it kind of goes, it clicks into another gear. It really clicks in, not just in the episode, but it's just so many amazing moments for good reasons bad reasons hard to watch i think this is this episode that i think really just sets it and there's some oh god there's some good episodes to come i think this is good 
Like it's just the show's amazing. I, I just think this is, um, yeah, as you said, this this could have been the movie. <laughs> Flat out, this could have been. Yeah, let's make them. Let's get them to make a movie. Yeah. Ooh, maybe let's we will. That happens more. sometimes these days more often if a show mm-hmm. is beloved. So, but at least it's season two. I hope we get that announcement soon. Yes, I've heard. I have heard that they're already writing or there's some something started there's something i don't know i don't know if it's wishful thinking that is okay because this this took like about six years like they first started talking about this in like yeah like five six years ago um no i didn't know that i know abby jacobson talked to penny marshall um quite a bit ago before penny marshall passed but um yeah they spoke to her and then it took a while and then they filmed the pilot and then that nothing happened for like a year and a bit so that's why the pilot is quite different to the rest of the show there's a massive gap um but yeah it took a long time to um to from that when they first did it so hopefully yeah i can't, I can't wait five years for season two i don't want to yep. wait five weeks for season two can we just <laughs> get it out now let's do it well i want to thank amy mccann for coming on to the podcast i will have all of amy's socials linked in the description and make sure you go subscribe right now to the inside pitch if you want to know more about actual women playing actual baseball today like i said head over there check out all the great episodes amy's released on the inside pitch uh we got an episode five recap coming soon uh i am actually going to be recording that within 24 hours of recording this so i will have that released as soon as possible stay tuned to les cast and uh thank you so much amy for coming on to the show this has been awesome thank you for Thanks for asking me and thank you for the show. So it's been awesome.